Hello, welcome to another episode of LFC Reactions. This one here, Leicester versus Liverpool in the Premier League. Yes, um, I have not done an episode in about... Is it uh, nine days now? Sorry, when it's... First of all, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. The reason why I had to count the amount of days um, since the last podcast is because... Typically, at the end of the month, um, you're never quite sure what day, what time, or what year it is. or what the, You just lose all concepts of everything. Um, so it does make you think whether life really is just a social construct. But yeah, hope you had a Merry Christmas, first of all. Hope you're all keeping safe with Omricon doing whatever he's doing. Um... But yeah, we're here to talk about football, obviously. So, I've been absent since the Spurs game review. Um, reason why that I wanted to cover the Liverpool Leicester game. <sighs> Sorry about that. I wanted to cover the Liverpool Leicester game, but this was due to uh, in the Carabao Cup. This was due to um, external circumstances. So I couldn't really cover the Carabao Cup game in greater depth. But in summary, yes, we played. Um, Let's start in the Carabao Cup. Um, we won- We beat them on penalties. It wasn't our strongest team. It was almost our C team and a couple youngsters. And um, Leicester put out almost their strongest team. And at one point, it looked like the game was over because they were 2-0 up. And, and then it came 2-1, then 3-1. And then second half, we brought on the heavy hitters. Jota scores and then Minamino scores right at the depth to take it to 3-3. Um... And then, yeah, Liverpool win on pens. Jota scores a winning pen. Um, Leicester fans were being a little bit derogatory all game with the Feed the Scousers chant. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Um, and, yeah, Liverpool go through to the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup and they play Arsenal at some point in January, which we'll also get into later on as there's a lot to cover in this episode. Um, so, yeah. And then, obviously, after that, we was meant to play Leeds as part of the Boxing Day fixture list extraordinaire. Um, but then uh, Leeds, quote-unquote, have COVID issues, so they like to say. Nothing due to the fact that they've lost 5-0 to Arsenal or 7-0 to Manchester City. Uh, the fact that they have a lot of injured centre-backs. Oh, no, it's... Nothing to do with that. But they come up with COVID. And I guess when when uh, Premier League teams are not really obliged to release medical information because they don't have to. They, just have, they, can, they don't have to report anything about who has COVID or who doesn't have COVID. It's, it's relatively up to you, to the, up, up to the club, to decide whether they want to publish that information. But I'm sure they will build a case up and say, hey, this has happened and um, we can't play. Which I obviously would have loved to have played Leeds at the time when they're, they're most vulnerable. Um, but it wasn't to be. A lot of, again, just like the, the weekend just gone, um, there's been a lot of cancellations again happening in the Premier League. Um, I can't. Yeah, that was another game. Watford and somebody else, that was cancelled as well. 
And then I think two other Premier League games were cancelled. Um, but, yeah, so it meant that uh, Liverpool do get the rest. It's not about this 26th and 28th thing that we've had to worry about previously. Um, Jurgen Klopp has mentioned um, player welfare should be at its highest priority. And he's absolutely right. Player player. player Player welfare should be at its highest um, priority because that's where you see all your best football. Um, that's where you see your your best players do they would um, put on a spectacle because obviously everyone's at home during the Christmas period and broadcasters will want to make sure that their Premier League fans are seeing the best high quality football and if they're not getting that because of player fatigue well, and then injuries happen, well, then you got to look for some sort of solution in the end. So um, there's that to deal with. But will the Premier League ever listen? No. Um, I mean, they tried, they tried to make some sort of vote about it. And once it but you need 14 out of the 20 teams to approve it. And the problem is these mid-table lower teams menta- carry this mentality of, oh, no, we don't. Whatever, whatever the big teams want will just be in benefit of them, and then there'll be a disparity between the the bigger leagues and the smaller leagues. When, uh, this vote was about just having a five sub rule to the end of the season, and they veto and they said no to it. They said no to it because I don't know. They thought a player advantage would be a thing, or squad advantage would be a thing for certain clubs. When. Three subs is not viable at this time of period in the season. That's what Klopp's trying to advocate. And it's not even just Klopp. Radnick, Ralph Ragnick has complained the same thing. Brendan Rodgers said the same thing. Pep Guardiola said the same thing. Spain, Italy, Germany all have five subs. But here in England, they carry this stupid mentality of, oh, uh, just because, just leave it the way it is. It's a tradition, blah, blah, blah. And then you wonder why you're failing in uh, international competitions. World Cup is literally a year from now. This time next year, we'll be seeing the World Cup. Uh, but that means Premier League fixtures will be pushed back earlier than usual. They're going to see a lot of mid, uh, weekend midweek football to accommodate this stupid World Cup that's happening in the middle of next season. And then you're going to see a lot of fatigued English players because of this, uh, because of the position they're in of playing three subs. Whereas other leagues uh, uh, will still be maintaining five, and then player welfare will be managed way better over there. But yeah, that that's that that's the rant I wanted to say. But anyways, um, the next game was about Leicester. Uh, we saw Leicester have their own problems at the weekend. They lost six three to Manchester City. At one point, it was 4-0 to Manchester City at half-time. Brendan Rodgers made some sort of wholesale changes. So it made me think that he was going to go almost full strength for the Premier League against us. And he more or less did. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was 4-0 to Manchester City at half-time. And then it, then it became 4-3. And then um, Man City woke up and scored another 4-5-6. Five, five, and then, yeah, Man City... At this present moment in time, six points clear. So it was up to Liverpool by the time of them playing Leicester to shorten that gap to just three points. And to make sure they're breathing on Leicester, on Manchester City's neck just to say, hey, we're not going nowhere. You may have this game in hand, but when we get it back, we're going to be back to breathing on your necks. 
So um, that's what we had to deal with today and all the rest. So line up for today. In goal, Allison left back, uh, Tamiscus, centre backs Van Dyke, uh, Matip, Trent Alexander on right back, midfield three, uh, Fabinho, Henderson, uh, Oxley, Chamberlain up front, Salamane, uh, Jota. So that lineup alone, that lineup alone, um, no problem. Obviously, you could say yeah, Kato for Ox, cause Kato was stupendous, but Ox was was. Had a really good game for uh, in the Leicester game as well. So you can understand why Oxalade got the nod over Cater. Um More to do of uh, just uh, what Ox can do, how Ox can carry the ball. Yes, Cater can carry the ball as well, but he, it's more about letting the... He lets the ball do the work for him as opposed to the other way around. So, so I think that's why Klopp opted with him. Um... Also great to see Van Dyke back in the lineup, Fabinho back in the lineup. Um uh, after recovering from suspected COVID. Curtis Jones on the bench, great to see. Um Thiago, he just finished his seven day uh isolation or whatever it was on Sunday. So um he only really had a day to train, I guess. But then they said uh, Thiago was out with muscle soreness and it's the same with Minamino. So, um, I guess we saved Thiago for Chelsea, which we'll get into uh, after we've reviewed this game. Um, and yes, that was a very, very good lineup, no problems there. Obviously, the one little minor issue Fabinho being on um, four yellow cards. Uh, if he had gotten a yellow card for this game, then it means he's out of the Chelsea game, and we can't really have that happening. Um, Definitely not. Uh, and yeah, Leicester practically put out... Well, they they tried to put out their best team. Obviously, you still got centre-back injuries. Indeed, he playing centre-back, all that other stuff. Anyway, let's get into the game. Let's get into the first half. So, first half starts now. And in the first three minutes, Matip gets a yellow card to stop a Leicester breakaway on a counter-attack. And I, I almost when I watched this live, I almost thought it was Fabinho that did it. I was like, did Fabinho just completely forget that he's on a yellow card? Uh, but now Matic took the early yellow, and fair play for him to doing that because it probably would have led to some Leicester counter attack. But after that little the the spell of possession was still mainly with Liverpool in the opening thirteen minutes. Um, just about Liverpool. Trying to figure out uh, Leicester. You saw a little bit of early diagonal balls from Van Dijk to Salah to create some openings. And then um, the key moment happened. Salah dribbling in the box. He turns past Ndidi. Ndidi sticks his left leg out. Salah goes down. Stonewall penalty for Michael Oliver. He blows it. Mohamed Salah steps up to take the pen against Schmeichel. He steps up, he does that long run up from outside the box, shimmies to his right, runs, and then he tries to slot it on the left-hand side, but not in, not in the far left-hand side, just like centre-left-hand side. And then it ends up being a comfortable save for Cassius Michael. And then the ball ricochets back out to Mohamed Salah's path, but it's bouncing awkwardly. Uh, 
No, yeah, it's bouncing awkwardly on the off the ground. Then it loops in the air, and then he tries to head it with Henderson just running behind him. But Henderson leaves it for Salah to try and get the header on it. Then Salah gets the header on it, and then it hits the crossbar. And then the ball falls back to Salah again, but on his right foot. But by at this point, he's surrounded by a bunch of Leicester players who managed to put him off in time, and then ball goes wide. So that was the first miss of Mohamed Salah. Yeah, the first time Mohamed Salah has missed a penalty in the Premier League for Liverpool, or since the Huddersfield game. He scored 16 straight penalties in a row, and now he's missed, um, which was a very poor penalty, by the way, for Mohamed Salah. Very unlike Salah for him to miss a penalty like that. Um and yeah, it was, it was quite shocking. I know he's missed one as well with the AC Milan game uh, that happened in the Champions League. Um, so yeah, he's now missed two penalties in all competitions. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say. Some penalties. He more or less scores penalties almost every time. But I just think that the placement he got is shockingly bad. Shocking, shockingly bad. Um... And then if you saw on social media, there's the old ho. Salah took a picture by the Christmas tree. It's the Christmas curse. The Christmas curse. The Salah curse. It's happening again. He's going to go on a goal-scoring drought again, like last time. Um, so, yeah, that was ringing around on social media, for those who care or don't care. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we had another chance. Ball whipped in from Trent, I believe. And then Hendo get a header, got a header to it. And it looked like it was about to go in the net. And then Cassius Michael just saves it off the line. Um, wonderful save from him. And then um, there was a spring in like Leicester City step after that. Where they just kind of galvanised and recovered from the spell of attacks from Liverpool. Um and then yeah, but I don't I don't really remember them having like a, a threatening chance. They had like half chances here and there, but Matip was doing well. He was a one on one battles with Ian Nacho in the air, winning that. Um Vardy against VVD, VVD winning his battles there. Um So yeah, I think defensively we was okay ish. Okay ish. On the ball we were just um Chance creation was just depleting. Like, we could not get Jota into the game. We could not get Mane into the game either. But the time one, but when I remember Mane picking up a pass, picking up the ball from the halfway line, there's Salah and there's Trent, and he tries to play a crossfield ball. I'm not sure who it was meant to, but it goes straight down the middle and it goes out for a throwing. And I was just like, oh no, if we're getting this Salah, if we're getting this version of Mane, it's not good. This is not good. Um, and yeah, Jota just couldn't get into the game. He just couldn't get into the game. But Tamiskus did well on the ball, trying to make things tick. Um, Matip as well. I remember there was a time, 37th minute or whatever. He done that dribbling thing where he just cuts through a couple players. But then gets to the box. And then that ball almost comes to nothing. And then... Um, and then Henderson and um had a couple volleys outside the box every time at a corner. Ball goes over the first time. Ball went over the second time when we had another corner. And then 
from a set piece or whatever. He tries to volley it outside the box again. Playing all these stupid balls. I just doesn't hit the target. Like, why are you doing these dumb things, bro? If you can't do it the first time, just put it on the ground and try and set someone up. But I think the problem with Liverpool in that first half was that we tried to walk it into the net. We tried to walk it into the net as opposed to just build up this intensity like how we did with Goodison away of setting the pace and tempo early. And I actually think the Carabao Cup may have been the reason why, mentality-wise, we've just come out there and not looked as um, full throttle as we should have and really hit Leicester. Because, um, obviously, uh, at the Carabao Cup last week, um, we played our C team. We played a bunch of teenagers and fringe players. And they play- Leicester played their best team, and they still couldn't beat us. So then the first team, I think, saw that and said... I listen if 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 the best play if our fringe and youngsters are are doing that to Leicester imagine what we're going to do to Leicester but that's almost had a double negative double was it double positive is a negative or whatever you want to call it how you want to address it um ended up being that Liverpool were just trying to walk it into the net as opposed to oh no ov- there's no overlapping runs it was almost like a bit staggered. There was Trent playing crossfield balls to Tomiscus, but it was not like a crossfield ball to continue the build-up play. It was a crossfield ball to be like, hey, you start the attack. And there was a bit of balls like that from Trent constantly, and I was like, this is not really... This is not putting Leicester on the ropes because they were they had a diamond formation and then you was hoping Trent would do more on the ball if they're playing a diamond formation, it means Ian Nacho would have to run into the half space to cover Trent. Because the diamond formation means Leicester are relying on playing in narrow to get creative chances. And whenever they're off the ball in possession, um, Trent should be the one with the most space. But Trent picked up the ball, but he's not doing... He's not making meaningful passes. He's just making crossfield passes for the sake of crossfield passes. And it just wasn't... It didn't, there wasn't an intent and purpose of it. And Van Dijk even stopped the diagonals after he was doing it in the first 10 minutes. And then, I don't know, for the remainder of that first half, he just stopped doing it for whatever reason. It was very, very bizarre. Um, And then there was times when Salah was frustrating me near to the end of the first half where he picked up the ball. He could have released it for Mane to create a starting attack. But he's taking five, six touches with the ball. By the time he's closed down, they tackle him. It's too late. And there was another time when Henderson, we want to start of a counter. Henderson picked up the ball on the right-hand side. Salah's just there in the central, where Jota's space is, in the, in the central area. Henderson looks up. He's like, wait, Salah's not there. Salah's not at that right-hand side where we can get him to be a threat. And it's like Salah didn't want to make that run over there for whatever reason. And Hendo just looked... And I think Hendo was bewildered, like, what, this is weird from Salah? Why is he not Why is he not making him run down the channel? And the next thing you know, he's closed down by two Leicester players and then they, they take the ball off him. So, yeah, just very frustrating things that were happening in the first half that was just not clicking, not making any sense. And it just it was making me think, at some point, we're going to have to get on uh, Bobby Firmino just to fill in the pockets and just get the fluidity going. Just, I don't know, just because Jota was not doing, Jota was practically anonymous that first half. Mane not doing anything on the ball. 
Or or my or you couldn't even service Mane, you know. And then Salah just had a, a shocker first half. It was out, arguably the worst first half performance I've seen from the front across the front three. Honestly, across the front three, not good at all. Um, so you f- second half starts now, and you'd think Liverpool should play with more in a purpose, more intent, more throttle. Let's not let, let let's not let these disgusting Leicester fans continue with these derogatory chants. If you're watching the game live, you are hearing Leicester sing about feed the scousers, feed the scousers. Always the victims. It's never your fault. Um. 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 Oh, have you ever seen Gerard win the league? What? You know what I mean? The stupid, uh, third chart, whatever. But the first two, very derogatory. Because we know you're referencing Hillsborough, which is disgusting. And we know you're referencing um, poverty in general. And that's very Tory-like behaviour from them, which is quite disgusting. Anyway, second half starts now. You'd think Liverpool would be more galvanised and have a reaction. But it's fucking worse. Whatever you saw that was disgusting in the first half turned abysmal in the fucking second half. The start of that second half, so fucking abysmal. Where do I start? Diogo Jota, my God. If you saw um, the Newcastle versus Manchester United game and you picked up what Bruno Fernandes was doing with just knocking the, kicking the ball forward but not looking up to see where the fucking player is, You'd 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 killed Bruno Fernandez if you were a United fan. Jota was doing the exact same thing in the second half for no fucking reason. I, I excuse my language, but I couldn't believe it. He, he picks up the ball. He looks down. He's not look. He's not even looks up to see where Mane is. He just kicks the ball wide, presuming Mane's at that position. He is nowhere near that position. And then a minute later, he picks up the ball again. And then he does it again. He literally does it again. Doesn't look up to see where the pass is. I was like, what is this fucking build-up play from Jota? It's actually fucking frustrating me. Um, and then he finally got one pass, right? After, at the 55th minute. Um, he plays in Mane. Mane dribbles the ball into the box. He's one-on-one with Cassius Michael. He has to score this. He simply has to score this. There's not a defender putting you under pressure. It's just your body, the ball, and the goal, and the keeper. That's it. All you got to do is slot it bottom corner, and it's a goal. Pass Cassius Michael. Does he do that? No. He, he leans back. He puts so much fucking power on it, and the ball goes over. And I'm just thinking, oh my God. Uh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble here. And then um, we make a sub. I think 55 minutes, uh, Chamberlain came off, Chamberlain came off, Cater comes on, Leicester City make their subs, uh, Lookman comes on, I can't remember who came off, maybe Ian Nutch or whatever, um, so yeah, that was the subs that was made, and then um, there was a time where Drewsby plays a 1-2, with Lookman around Trent, and Trent takes half an hour to react to it, um, and then it creates an attack down uh, our right-hand side, and then um, 
the ball was whipped in from Drewsbury Hall and it was almost perfectly on the plate for Jamie Vardy. And then Tomiscus reads the situation perfectly, sticks a leg out and just tick, just kicks the ball away from um, from Jamie Vardy to prevent what probably would have been a 1-0 lead to Leicester. And it was so bad from Trent because you would have thought, OK, let me not switch off like that again. Because that's the reason why these rival fans are saying, oh, and even the commentator said it. All right, this is the defensive part of the game that Trent Alexander-Arnold needs to get out. We know he's very uh, unreliable uh, defensively. Uh, he's, he's a great, fantastic on the ball, but defensively he always switches off. He doesn't, this year, that's not true. But he was doing... But what he did in that instance with that one-two, it almost looked like the Trent of last year where he was just... At this time of the season where he's just not switching on. Um, and then... Um, it almost happened, and then Leicester realized. Let's just build our attacks up from Trent's side and see how they react. And then you got Lookman against uh Trent, and 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 he was getting that Trent a couple times. I cannot lie, I cannot lie. And then there was another moment, fifty nine minutes. Um, Trent out of position again. Um, they play the ball into that Drewsby Hall again, and then he's just running where the empty space is. He passes the ball to Lookman. Lookman's in a dribbling situation with. Matip, Matip knows he can't tackle Lookman because it'll probably be a penalty. So he just kind of has to let him go. And then he shoots past Allison, and it's 1-0 to Leicester. And then you're just thinking, fucking hell. Do we deserve that? Absolutely. Because we've been absolutely abysmal. The, the, the reaction ended up being worse than the first half, which is very unlike Liverpool. Um, again, I, and I generally blame the fucking Carabao Cup for this mentality. I I don't blame Jurgen Klopp because the lineup was perfect. The lineup's fine, but it's the players' mentality of thinking the Leicester game was going to be a walkover. Because even the bookies had it nine to one for Leicester to win. Liverpool, you almost get no money back. So nine to one Leicester now winning an hour into the game, um, and then we made more subs. Henderson came off, Firmino came on. Um, and then who was the last substitution? Oh yeah, Milner comes on, Fabinho comes off, which is understandable because obviously if if Fabinho Fabinho probably would have picked up a yellow card out of frustration. And we need and we need him for the Chelsea game. So fair enough. But the fact you have to get James Milner on, I would have uh, It's annoying. I don't blame Klopp, but I blame Klopp a little bit. Because we should not have to bring on James Milner. Pensioner, 36-year-old James Milner, in a pressure situation game where you need the lead. If you're holding the lead, fair enough. Or if, if you need to equalise and get the win and get a winner, this is not a James Milner situation. But I get why he had to do it. He went. He changed formation to 4-2-2-2. So then you got um, Keita Milner... Firmino, Jota, Salamani, and uh, obviously your your fullbacks, Bomon, etc. Um, would they have liked to seen Curtis Jones instead? Yeah, I guess so. But I guess Milner provides some sort of quote unquote balance. Um, but then the rest of that second half was just us trying to break down Leicester and f- repeatedly failing, repeatedly failing. Um, 
There was times where Matip had to dribble again out his own half to try and get the... Matip in that, in that remain of the second half was our creative outlet. That's worrying. That's worrying. It's not Matip's job to do that. He only does that as an express yourself type. Let me create something because none of you lot are fucking capable of doing it. And Matip was playing lovely balls. I remember there was a time he dribbled and then he passed the ball out wide to Tomiscus. And then Tomiscus put in a poor ball. He plays it backwards instead of straight on where you got three, four Liverpool players running to the six-yard box. He plays it backwards. Didn't make any sense. And then, of course, the ball's cut out. And then uh, we get corners. Ball whipped in from Tomiscus. Matip header over. Another header, Mane uh, doesn't get good connection on it. And then there was one where it fell to Van Dijk. First touch, a bit poor. Not his fault though. Shoots and he left. Cassius Michael saves it. Um, yeah, there was just... And then the times where Salah tried to create something, he'll dribble, dribble, and then he'll get tackled right at the key moment. Um, and then, yeah, they were, it was just trying, about, trying to break Leicester down. And then you could tell the belief, the belief system by the 80th minute. I can see it on our on our players' faces. Depleting. Depleting. And it's their fault because they started this dumb mentality of, oh, we're going to walk over Leicester because Man City did it. We saw them 4-0 up at half-time. And, oh, they beat, we beat them with our C team. But the first team should have carried the mentality of we need to run these lot over and assert ourselves. They didn't do it. They just thought the game would be given to them. That was the poor mentality. All starting 11, other than Matip and other than uh, Tamiskus. And then Alisson, I'll let off because he, he didn't have many saves to make, to be honest. Only that one where uh, Lookman gets the half chance and scores from it. So I'm not going to blame Alisson. But the rest of the fucking players, Jota, Stinker, Salah, that was his worst performance under Liverpool shirt this season, easily. Sadio Mane, I'm beginning to worry again. It's just the last season form is creeping back into his game. It's very frustrating. It, I, don't, I don't understand how, how this has happened. Um, that chance is just unforgivable. I, and I, I don't understand what causes him. The, the, the money decline actually makes no sense Salah had a shocker game but you know the next game he's going to kick himself on and then set pace again and then um, Galva, uh, redeem himself eventually because it's Salah but Mane should have carried that same mentality but for some reason it's, it must be just, just physical attributes just deteriorating and mentality just I don't know not quite what it used to be that's that's the, I think the problem is with Mane, and then Jota just build up play shockingly bad, bad 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 bad. Uh, Firmino when he came on, he never really had shooting positions. He was almost in like a let me just keep the ball flowing situations. And then you got Milner, God bless him, he's thirty six years old, but he takes too long to release the ball because of his age. There's just things. He'd get, he'd get, he'd turn a defender, be in the six yard box, but then you'd think any other player five, six years younger gets this ball in half a second quicker, and then that half a second could have made the difference to getting a goal back. Um, and then yeah, Liverpool get corners ninetieth minute, and then yeah, we don't do anything with it really, and then uh, 
that's pretty much it. And then Liverpool end up losing the game. So, Leicester won Liverpool nil. There was more derogatory chance from Leicester. You allowed this fraudulent of a manager, Brendan Rodgers, to come and collect three points at King Power. Shocking, shocking. Um, these are the must-win games and you're not, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. Um, is the title race over? Um, obviously, mathematically, it's not over. But it is very hard to see where Man City drop points between now and February. I am going to Google Manchester City fixtures so I can give you a hindsight of what I mean. Tomorrow, Manchester City play Brentford. After that, they play Arsenal. Then they play... Chelsea away, which is fair enough. Anything can go. That's that's probably the one difficult game. The Arsenal Man City. Okay, fair enough. The Brentford one, you'd expect them to win, whatever. But the okay Arsenal game, Arsenal in good form, but typically historically Man City win. So I'm gonna just based on quality, I think Man City win that game. Man City Chelsea. Man City beat Chelsea away, so you they'd probably definitely beat them at home, even though it's Chelsea. Uh, you could say that would that could swing either way, but I don't think it does. After that, they play Southampton, Norwich, and then they got Man City. They got Tottenham at home. I think they'll win that one. Everton away, they'll probably win that one. Manchester Derby could go either way. But for the next month, I know we got winter break in January, but if if Man City win the if they if Man City beat Brentford tomorrow is nine points. We play Chelsea on Sunday. If we don't get maximum points and then Man City beat Arsenal, it's twelve points at in January. In ja- by the end of the week, we could be 12 points behind Manchester City. At that point in time, it, I think title's gone. I think the title's gone. So now there's even more pressure to be- beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And then now you look at the Premier League table and then you're thinking all these draws are the reason why we're not going to get close enough because you should have beaten... If you beat in Brentford, if you beat in Brighton, that would have been an extra four points. That would have been, then we would have been only three points behind Manchester City. The West Ham loss, fair enough, I was set. And then the other draws come against uh, Man City. They come against Chelsea. I can't remember who the fifth draw was against. Um, yeah, we drew against somebody else, but. The too many draws is like eighteen nineteen, and that costed us, cost us the title. But Man City just... You just know Man City go on a 15 Premier League win streak every year. And they're doing this without a striker. And they could choose to go for a striker in January. And then um, it's, it, our task is even more difficult. And don't forget, AFCON is imminent. This time next week, 
Um, Salah, Mane and Kato are gone. They're gone. And if we can't beat Brentford and Crystal Palace without them three, title's race definitely over. Um, so yeah, at the minute, I give Liverpool a 30% chance of winning the league. It sounds harsh saying 30%, but um, Man City are just too good. They just, they, just, they just keep winning. And these little draws where if you're having to bring on James Milner to change the result, it, it just speaks squad depth is poor again. Squad depth is poor. But that lineup should have beaten uh, Leicester today. So I'm not, I don't blame Jurgen Klopp. I blame, I blame, I blame, I always said I only blame Klopp a little bit because we shouldn't have to be relying on a 36-year-old to get us a result because he's not even got the ability enough to do it. So it should, it should be the January transfer window where we invest to make sure we close that gap. And now the gap could be worse. It could be worse. God, God forbid we don't beat Brentford at home. We don't beat Crystal Palace at home. The, the, the gap could be... It could be 12, 15 points. It sounds, it sounds crazy that I'm even suggesting that could happen. But it could happen. If Brentford, beat, if Brent, if, if Brentford lose to Man City tomorrow, it's nine points. If, if they beat... If, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating it again just to put an emphasis on it. If Arsenal lose to Man City and we don't get maximum points to Chelsea, it's 10, 12 point gap you're looking at at January then you have to rely on Man City losing three games in a row. That's, they've got the squad depth to manage all these competitions. And then we're having to play semi-final Carabao Cup. Think about um, fatigue back then with our small squad and then obviously not got AFCON players around. And then you have to transfer that into um, back to Premier League form. Can you see what I mean? And then January is not even Klopp's good yet. Uh, historically, j- historically, Klopp has a bad year in January, other than that nineteen twenty season. So yeah, this is it's worrying. It's worrying, and we got the January transfer window to potentially fix something, because we still need that genie replacement. Because that if 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 we had the genie replacement, he comes on, not Milner, then. You don't know, and then scoreline would have been different. You don't know. Obviously, yes, Salah should have scored his penalty. Mane should have scored that chance. It should be two one Liverpool. Yes, but sometimes if your if 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 your front three gonna stink, your midfielder is gonna have to step up and get the GA, which they have recently. But um, you just need your top quality title winning players. James Milner is just a utility player. It's not gonna be the one to make the difference to get you the title. So yeah. Um, very frustrating. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed um listening to LFC reactions. Um, this was the last podcast of two thousand and twenty one, unless something major happens between now and the Chelsea game. But thank you guys for listening to LFC reactions. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, um, or enjoyed this rant, so to speak. Uh, worrying times, worrying times. But all you can do is keep your head up and move forward. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to LSE Reactions. 
Um, tune in on Sunday where I'll be giving my post-match analysis of Chelsea versus Liverpool in another crucial must-win game. Hopefully Thiago's back and we just get three points on the board whatever way how. So yeah, like, share, follow, all of that. Thank you very much.